after watching or listening to this episode, if you're in your 20s and you think that, well, right now is the time for you to party and to go nuts and be short-sighted, but you feel this gnawing, this gnawing inside you that says, hey, maybe you ought to be a little more disciplined. You ought to have a little more structure. You ought to do things differently than all your friends. After this episode, you're going to realize it's okay to do that. I think we all know that discipline is important. Discipline is freedom. Discipline gives you opportunities that you otherwise could not have. But most of us don't know how to have discipline. So today we're gonna to talk about the 10 ways to build discipline into your life and business with my buddy, Craig Ballantyne. What's up, dude? Ah, oh, my man, I'm gonna tell people how I was once a very undisciplined person. You know, drinking, partying all the time, sleeping in, hitting the snooze button. The world's most undisciplined man. That's crazy because I only know you as the world's most disciplined man. Well, here's the thing is, is it isn't, discipline isn't about what you do some of the times. It's very much like in anything in life, it's about what you don't do. Mm. And so I realized as much as I wanted to eat chocolate cake for breakfast, I wanted to be successful in life more. And so I thought, okay, well, how can I make discipline, systematic, automatic, automatic and systematic, where okay. it was easy, where it kept me out of trouble. And I was thinking about this a lot recently because people are always asking, how do I build discipline? How can I be more disciplined? I keep, and they, or they bring like all of these things, I'm sure you hear this all the time, oh man, I screwed up again, or you know, I got drunk, or you know, lots of young men, like too much porn, all that stuff, and they're like, how can I get disciplined and overcome these bad habits? Mm. And we wanna download that stuff today because we certainly both we're not the most disciplined guys in the world, but now we have all the structure and systems in place that makes success systematic and automatic. Hey, so to that point, before we start, um, let me ask you this. Do, do you think that it's more challenging, near impossible for people in their 20s to be disciplined and structured, or is it just lack of knowledge and information? I've, like if you knew I've, what you know now, would you have been more disciplined back then? Yes, because here's the thing, is that when you're that age, that's the age where you like want to impress other people, where you're finding yourself, quote unquote. Yeah. So I think that was the, the reason. Like I wish, if I could go back in time, I would have lived as my best self back then. I would have made decisions that were not influenced by other people. I would have been more comfortable in my own skin. I like that phrase. I, I, I once had a personal training client, very successful guy, and, he's, and his brother was even more successful. He was like a lawyer down on Canada's version of Wall Street. And he said, yeah, my brother rides his bicycle to work. And this is back in the day, like before people rode, riding their bike was cool to sure. work, right? And he's a successful learner. He's just, he's really comfortable in his own skin. And I think that that's one of my regrets. I think probably a lot of people probably regret, you know, I wish I would have done things my way earlier rather than, you know, whether it's going out and partying when you don't want to or doing certain things, or maybe you want to be serious, maybe you want to settle down, but all your friends are like, oh man, you can't get married now, or whatever it is. Just go and live your, your life that way. And I think that that's why it's difficult for younger people, plus all the social media stuff. You, you know, if you're going down, you're doing the right things, and all of a sudden you're like, man, look, but look at all these people on social media doing all this stuff, and you know, they're traveling around. Maybe I shouldn't get that serious job now. Maybe I should go to Thailand for like six months. But that's not really what you were meant to do. And so I think they're very short-sighted, which sure. is what young people generally are. Yeah. You know, it's not like this generation's any worse than any other generation. They're short-sighted, 
and they're going to do things that they'll regret later, even if it's just like, man, I just should have you know, smartened up and been disciplined, or you make some really bad mistakes. Right. So for the young people that are listening, and I love it when somebody is dialed in and focused, like a lot of Jason Capital's students you know, email me and DM me all the time, and I love the influence he's having on those guys because they're getting their act together a little bit earlier. And so if, if you want to get it together, get it together and live without apology and without regrets and live your best life. That's a really good way to put it. And the reason I asked you that is because after watching or listening to this episode, if you're in your 20s and you think that, well, right now is the time for you to party and to go nuts and be short-sighted, but you feel this gnawing, this gnawing inside you that says, hey, maybe you ought to be a little more disciplined. You ought to have a little more structure. You ought to do things differently than all your friends. After this episode, you're going to realize it's okay to do that. So let's dive into it. What's number one? All right. So the first thing that every single person, doesn't matter if you're in your, your teens, 20s, 60s, 70s, if you want to improve discipline, if you want to stop making mistakes, it's destroy distractions and toss the temptations. And this goes for everything from the smallest thing, like I eat too many potato chips at night. Great. What's the simplest thing? What is the obvious answer to not eating potato chips? Don't have them in the house. So if you drink too much, like... I had this friend, Eric, he was like, you know, he battled alcohol all the time. He's like, finally, I'm sick of this. He poured every single bottle of alcohol down the drain. I mean, he could have done other stuff with it, but he, you know, put it down the drain, got it all out of the house, and now you can't make the frickin' mistakes. And this comes from, there's a lot of actually diet research by this guy up in, uh, in New York State, this guy, Brian Wansink. He's done all these studies, and, you know, he has... His obvious conclusions, if you have a bowl of M&Ms on the table, you have a really great chance you're going to eat a whole bunch of them. Yeah. All right? If they're across the room, you're going to eat less. If they're in a jar, in the cupboard, you're going to eat less. If they're not in the house, you're not going to eat any. So we can apply that to every single thing in our lives. And actually, I tell people, like, listen, if you are not focused in your work, if you're checking your phone and you're checking your email and all this stuff, do this little test. Take your arms out to your side. Rotate around, and I call that your local environment. you got to have great control over your local environment. So every single thing within arm's length it is, is a distraction. When you're like, man, i got to write this sales letter. i got to write this email. i got to write this book chapter. Oh, there, there's that book I wanted to read for so long. Let me just read five pages of it. Let me, let me just check my phone one more time. Let me just do all this stuff. If you destroy those things, if you destroy everything around you and you, and you build a fence around yourself, then it's automatic and systematic you will get those things done. If I put you in a room with absolutely nothing but the one thing you had to do and I came back eight hours later. It's going to be done. Yeah, you would have probably found a way to somehow procrastinate a little bit, but eventually you would have gotten that thing done. And so there's a great Bruce Lee quote. It says, it's not about the daily increase. It's about the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential, which means get rid of the stuff that you don't need in your local environment, in your habits, so that you then become that person who can't fail. You can't fail because you got nothing else to do but succeed. That's the first thing. What a brilliant way to look at it. Yeah, and, and so that was me, right? That was me. Like back in the day, you know, I used to wake up and play video games like back in teenage years and, you know, drink and party and all this stuff. I'm like, I just got to the point where I was sick of it. I remember I played video games. This is like way back when I was 13 or 14. I played video games for an entire Sunday afternoon. And the way that I felt after, like, I can't believe I wasted this Sunday afternoon. And I really decided, like, at that age, I'm not going to be that person who plays video games. I just hate it. So got rid of the video games. 
And now you can't get sucked back into playing the video games. And a lot of people, you know, we talk about the people in their 20s. I don't think anybody's going to, you know, when they're 80 years old or when they're 180 years old, thanks to medical stuff, you know, they're sitting there and they're looking back in their life and go, I wish I played more video games. Yeah. You know, like everybody says, oh, no one ever says, I wish I spent more time in the office, which is not true. But no one's going to sit there and say, I wish I, you know, played more video games. I wish I watched more NFL football. Like, you're not going to say that. You're going to say you wish you had done so many more things, whether it was in your 20s or your 40s. And so you've got to destroy the distractions and toss the temptations and make the success systematic, automatic. Sassy, to that point, the, the biggest distractions and temptations that I find that people are experiencing now is this, the yeah, iPhone. For sure. The man. iPhone, their phone. I mean, this keeps you so connected to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and all the but different But everything platforms. is on there. What is not on there? That's the problem, and that's also the solution, right? Because you can also go turn off those notifications. Oh, I, can't, I can't believe when somebody shows me their phone and there's a red, like, yeah. what, are, are you an idiot? Why is any notification on here? There should be zero notifications None. on your phone. You can turn them all off. And in fact, while I'm a big fan of so many of the big thought leaders out there, the thing I can't stand is when you see a post from them where they're pointing over their shoulder and they say, hey, turn on your notifications. Right. You know, look, at the end of the day, they're telling you that turn the notifications on so that you can hear from me. My message is more important than your path of dominating life. Right. And that's not true. The number one notification you need to turn on is a notification to your life, like yeah. to, your, to your destiny. And you got to turn off all the other direct, uh, distractions. And you could do that with the off button on your iPhone, man. Yeah, that's ruthless. Simple. Ruthless. Yeah. And here's the thing about the phones is the way that I like to describe it is it's, it, it is, you know, this is a cheesy phrase or classic phrase, it's not your fault. It truly isn't your fault. So every single day in Silicon Valley, 10,000, 100,000 engineers go to work. Some of the smartest minds, not only in America, but in the world, go to work very much like the Dorito scientist who yeah. was, whose entire job is to make you addicted to Doritos. Like America's smartest food scientists yeah. making you addicted to junk. The smartest PhDs from MIT are going to Instagram, to Facebook, to make you addicted to your phone, which is a sad shame. But if you think that you're going to wake up and you're going to go, me against 10,000 PhDs from MIT, I'm going to win that battle. You're going to lose that battle every single day. So they're going to get you to download another app. They're going to get you to have the notifications on. They're going to get you to do this, that, or the other thing. You're never going to win that battle if you play by their rules. So that's why you got to change the game. You change the game by turning off uh, the notifications, first of all. Then what I do, I have four levels that I protect myself. So airplane mode, then turn the phone off, literally off, then put it in another room and put it in a desk drawer. And there'll be days where that call of that phone gets me all the way to like almost taking out airplane mode before I hit my hand, put it back in there, and get back to work. Mm. But you got to play by different rules. And this doesn't just go for your phone. It goes for every single thing in life. If you get the world to play by your rules, that's when you can build an empire. That's true. Number two, public accountability. Yeah, so public accountability is such a game changer because... You know, most people are too afraid to admit that they have a big goal or they want to make a change. But what I found back in the weight loss world, and you see this all the time too, is CEO of one of the biggest you know transformation companies in the world, is that when people were coming into my turbulence training transformations back in the day, when they said when they put their before photo up, so I had a 12-week contest and I said, hey, you know, post your before photos and tell us what you want to achieve. The people that did that were the ones that finished. You know, they might have had everything going against them. It might have been a single mom who worked two jobs, and then she did that, and then the person who, 
had all the time in the world and had a personal trainer but didn't do that, they quit. But the other person had public accountability, even to total strangers. And so back in 2011, I used this to quit swearing. So I said to my entire email list, 151,000 people, in 2011, after I was running interval tra intervals one day, I said, you know what? I tell people what to do all day. Maybe, maybe I should you know, stop swearing or something. I just thought. Like, Fuck. I, so you really Right. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. You swear enough for three of us. So I thought, well, listen, I tell people what to do all day, how to change their lives and live better. And here I am. I'm, I'm always cursing and swearing. But I don't curse around my mom, and I never curse on stage. So if I can control my mouth, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to say, I'm not going to curse anymore. So I said that, and within four days, I stopped swearing because I had public accountability. Now, I will once in a while slack, especially when we're driving uh, in, in your truck. Um, but one day, it was, we were with Joel, Marion, and I swore because I was like, ah, you know, I'm just with Joel and Bedros, and you know, he called me out on it. I'm like, damn, I got to get back on track, man, mm -hmm. back on track. So that accountability is key because accountability is so important in every area of life because if you say something, in public, and then you act a different way behind the scenes, man, you feel like a hypocrite, and yeah. like hypocrite is here, and like person who stole old lady's purse is here, and hypocrite is underneath it yeah. in, in so many people's eyes. I'll tell you why that's so powerful too is, um, so I just got done doing my one of my most recent six-week challenges right. where I hired a, a black belt jiu-jitsu coach instructor. And, and BJJ? Yeah, BJJ. <laughs> BJ. Not, not to be confused with BJ. Uh, BJJ, that one J makes a big difference. <laughs> uh, and, uh, dude, I not only paid him for all six weeks up front, but I told everybody here at the HQ that, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing a six-week challenge with uh, Coach Pete at BK Strength. And the reason I told him that was not because I was excited about it, but because I was afraid of doing it. These six-week challenges that I take on are things that kind of put me out of my comfort zone, that make me... Uh, they're a little scary, like the six weeks sure. and the random marathon, six yeah. weeks rock climbing, right? And so I knew that if I told my coworkers here and I paid in full for all six weeks, that I couldn't negotiate my way out of it because at some point my coworkers are going to be asking like, well, so you're four weeks in, how is it? And I'm going to have to either lie to them uh, or yeah. tell them the truth. And so that public accountability is massive, man. There's so much science behind it. What's number three? All right, so the next one is going to be the systematic and automatic right decisions, which is kind of like a combination of the first two things, okay? So listen, you got public accountability and you've removed all the temptations. Now you wake up and it's like, oh, well, this is all I can do. This is all I can do here. And it's also that planning and preparation the night before so that you wake up and you're already going on the thing. So just make the path super smooth. We've all probably heard the, the story like, hey, listen, if you wanna exercise in the morning, Make sure that you put your, your workout clothes beside the bed. And then as Mary Poppins says, your half begun is half done and away you go. It's just systematic and automatic. So look at your life. Where are you struggling? Where are you stuck and struggling on improving something? And then how can you make that so much easier? Well, you know, I'm really, I'm really not doing well with my diet. Okay, great. Let's go to your house. Let's toss all the junk. Let's put good food in. 
Going back to that, Brian Wansink guy, he found that if you put fruits and vegetables at eye level in your fridge, you're more likely to eat them than if they're hidden down, okay? Also, if you put fruits and vegetables on your kitchen counter, you're more likely to eat them. Whatever is available, you're gonna go to. We're right? like animals. Yeah. Like whatever's in front of us is what we're gonna go for. Exactly. Yeah. So make the path to success smoother, mm -hmm. no matter what it is that you're trying to improve. I love that. And, and talk about going systematic and automatic. If you can make it a priority, because you always find time for things that are a priority for you. And well, you make time. I like to, because it's very important. Like, like words are important. You make time for what matters and you try and find time and you never are able to find time because it's not like it's under the bed with your ab rocker. You can't find time. You can only make time for what matters. Well said. So if yeah. you plan the night before, this is what time I'm going to work out and it's added to your calendar, you're not going to miss it. But if you say today sometime I'm going to work out, well, I could keep pushing that along until it's 10 p.m. and I go, well, I've lost the day, right. I'll start working out. Right, if it's on the calendar and you've told somebody or you have a workout partner waiting for you, mm -hmm. you're not gonna disappoint them. That's why the boot camps, the Fit Body Boot Camps are so powerful because you know, Mrs. Jones doesn't want to disappoint all those other ladies who she said, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds, I'm gonna be here to support you, and I'm not, and then you don't show up on Wednesday morning. You know, Mrs. Smith is going to be a little bit cranky. About that's that. true. Yeah, it's that's a game true. changer. Number four, no more waiting, hesitating, or procrastinating. Success loves speed and delays kill dreams. Yeah, yeah. you got to get the momentum and motivation. So you need to get quick victories. If you get quick victories in a change, like, okay, listen, I'm going to say I'm going to go and do this. Well, go and do something right away. All right, listen, I want to, you know, join that. I want to, I want to lose tw uh, 20 pounds in 12 weeks. Great. What's the first thing you can do right now? Okay, and sign up at Fit Body Boot Camp. I can buy the clothes. I can go for a walk right now, even though I don't start my workout till tomorrow. I can hire that trainer. I can do something right now. Because if you go, you know what, I'll start tomorrow, then that thing happens where you wake up and the next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. Oh, I didn't do that, so I'll start tomorrow. Oh, it's 10 o'clock. I'll start tomorrow. Yep. And, and you just can't do that. You absolutely positively have to get those quick victories. And that's the power of having a great morning routine. You figure out what's the most important thing that you want to achieve in your life, and you make that the thing you attack first thing in the morning. Because there's an old Mark Twain quote, and it says, if you have to eat a frog, the best thing to do is eat it first thing in the morning. And if you have to eat two frogs, the best thing to do is eat the biggest frog first. Which means Listen, there's, all, there's always going to be something in our lives we don't want to avoid. Maybe it's you know, preparing the speech or maybe it's writing the book. Oh, man, that's going to be so hard. I've, I just checked my email. No, listen, you write the book chapter. You do the workout. Whatever it is that you want to avoid, you got to lean into it. And that's how you're going to get better every day. You know what's funny, dude, about this is um, about a month ago, I started, no, two months ago now, I started doing these morning hikes at 5 a.m. Oh, Oh, yeah, every, you told me about that. Yeah, every other morning there's this place called Eucalyptus Loop. It's three very big hills, and when you finish it, it's like a four-mile hike. And I'm trying to, you know, constantly chip away at my time. Now I'm under, under doing it in under an hour. And um, the first couple times I did it, you know, just regular tennis shoes, whatever. And so I said, all right, now I'm going to make this a routine. It's not going to be in the afternoon anymore. I was just doing it on a weekend sure. in the afternoon. So I'm going to do it as part of my morning routine at 5 a.m. before it really heats up in Chino Hills. And so instantly, my brain went into procrastination mode, because as humans, that's what we do. No matter how disciplined you are in life, you still go towards procrastination first, because I think it's self-preservation or something. And so I go, all right, but I can't start tomorrow, because I really don't have hiking shoes. So I've been hiking this thing on weekends for like several months in tennis shoes, and it's fine. But now that I want to do it during the weekdays at 5 a.m., like, well, I got to get the proper hiking shoes. So I started going to Amazon.com. And you bought a pair of Chucks? 
Interestingly, I bought another pair of Chucks, leathered uppers this time. No, that's that's because for people who don't know, that's what he started. When he started yeah. training for the marathon, he started training in chucks. Yeah, I didn't know any better. I didn't yeah. realize there was actual running shoes. Right, yeah. here we go. Boy, were my knees and ankles Silly free. foreigner. So that said, I realized very quickly, dude, you don't have to wait for hiking boots to show up for you to do a 5 a.m. hike. I just set out my shorts and my t-shirt there. I have my phone set for 4.15 in the morning so that by 5 a.m. I'm on that trail hiking, yeah. and I did it. The shoes showed up three days later, and they made the morning hikes a little better, but I instantly went to procrastination first. So just know that no matter how disciplined you are, you're still gonna fall towards the trap of procrastination. Wake yourself up and go back to, no, I've gotta stay disciplined and do this thing first, because when you do it first, it stacks on top of each other. These little wins stack on top of each other, because if had I not done it that next morning, I probably would have put it off until the following week. Well, now the shoes came, now let me break them in, <laughs> right? And then for you know, it's been two weeks before I started the noon in the morning hikes. Yeah, and that leads perfectly into number five, which is anchor routines. So an anchor routine is the thing that can kickstart you off. Like, okay, you get up at 4.15 a.m., maybe it's like, okay, I make the coffee, and as soon as I make the coffee, that puts me in hiking mode, perfect. Or, uh, you know, I always tell this famous story about John Carlton who talks about, when he, what he does is he walks around his desk three times and he's wearing like a certain sweatshirt and that signals his brain, okay, now it's time for me to, to write copy and I'm gonna sit here for three hours or whatever it is. Now, Stephen King sits in the same old attic office, like this tiny little office in his attic of his house where he's written all his books and he still sits there in this old computer and he goes in at nine o'clock and doesn't leave till he's written 2,000 mm -hmm. words. I mean, this is just a guy who's consistent over and over and over again. So you might have an anchor routine where you listen to a song or you, you, know, you do some breathing or something like that, or the plunge pool like Tony Robbins does, but just get an anchor and as soon as that anchor happens, it means boom, all right, go the time, The thing baby. starts, yep. time. Yeah, routines and rituals, man, are so powerful for the human who wants to launch into something. You know, you look at every pro athlete, they have a pre-game routine and ritual they yeah. go through over and over again that's gonna increase their odds of winning. Yep, 100%. All right, number six is visualization. So planting good things in your head. I actually just read this crazy story about, uh, there's this 19-year-old girl from Canada who just won the US Open in tennis. And when she was 15 years old, she started writing herself a check for whatever the US Open prize money. So it was in like the first time she wrote it, it was 3.5 million. And every year she would rewrite the check based on what the prize money was for that year. And then this year she won. And I guess like she's 19 years old, so she's kind of like, you know, obviously not super mature in like her interviews and stuff. And she goes, I guess this visualization stuff really works. And it's like so amazing, right? And, and most people probably heard the story about how Jim Carrey wrote himself the million dollar check and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And so visualization, if you visualize yourself as that discipline or you create that identity, like I am a disciplined person. I am the type of person who says what they're, they, does what they say they're gonna do. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm the type of person who follows through. I'm a leader, I, I show up on time, I do all this stuff, great, great. Now you got that in your mind. If you do that every single day, you're planting good things in your mind. Plant good things in your mind and you will be able to improve in so many ways. You know, I once heard someone really smart say visualization alters your belief systems, and your belief systems ultimately engage your actions, yeah. right? And so if you can just visualize clearly what you want over and over again, like this young lady writing a check for herself, obviously a check that she couldn't cash, mm -hmm.
But when you write the check, you begin to believe that you one day will get that check. Yeah, man. And that belief system leads to taking the actions that are required for you to win that $3.5 million. Yeah. And she did at yeah. 19. Good yeah. for her. Number seven, proper goal setting. Yeah, so people often say, you know, how often or how long will it take for me to become disciplined? And as I go back to that story about how I quit swearing in four days, and what I did was I, I punished myself every time I swore, and there was some self-awareness. We're going to talk about that in a second. I was like, okay, well, if this happens, then then I'm greater risk of that, of, of doing the bad thing. So I'm going to make that you know, contact and connection there. And then every time I do something bad, then there's going to be a punishment that's significant. The consequence has to be significant. That'll stop me from doing it. And it's like, you know, this can really change really, really quickly. So if you're hitting the snooze button, okay, great. I'm going to tell my friends that if I hit the snooze button, or, you know, if you, have, if you sleep with somebody, you're like, hey, listen, I'm not going to hit the snooze button. And if I hit the snooze button, then that's 20 bucks that I'm going to give you and you can go buy shoes or, you know, I'm going to donate it to something else. Great. Now there's consequences and now we are moving ahead. So you just put in place some goal setting for it. So my goal is to stop hitting the snooze button in seven days and then... Boom, away you go, off to the races. You get that accountability, you plan that in, you plan it so it's systematic, automatic, you move the alarm to the opposite side of the room, you think about all the ways you can do it to make it easier to achieve your goal. And if you think about things, man, planning's gonna be simple. You know what's funny is like, that's, like, I get that, everybody gets that, proper goal setting. And if you make the thing that you don't wanna do harder, yeah. well, you're more likely to not do it, right? right. Ironically, it seems like everybody seems to want to stack the odds against themselves. They make it easier. They make it easier. Like, your iPhone has a feature where you can turn off the snooze button feature. Oh. The iPhone has a feature where you can turn off the snooze. That way, the snooze feature doesn't even come up. When your alarm goes off, there's only off you can hit. Right. There is no snooze button. Yet, everyone seems to leave that on, even after reading my book, where I talk about hitting the snooze button is the curse of death. Turn that feature off. Go one further and then put the phone far enough away where you have to physically get up to reach it instead of putting it right on your nightstand so that you won't just change the time. Those little things are the proper goal setting things because it's so easy to hit the snooze button, go back to sleep, and before you know it, you've had a shitty day. Hey, uh, uh, let me, before, yeah. we, before we go on, you said the snooze button is the kiss of death. So I'm reading a book called Why We Sleep. And in that book, like hitting the snooze button, he actually warns it could kill you because, oh, shit. because think about this. So when the alarm goes off, like, oh my God, everybody's jolted out of bed, your adrenaline goes up. Okay, now you hit the snooze button and you set yourself up for another alarm that's gonna jolt your adrenaline up. Again. And so if, like Monday morning heart attacks, like there's a reason why you get them is because you slept poorly on the weekend and, the, and you need that alarm more than anything on Monday and then you hit the snooze button and it hits you and the, you get the alarm again and it's a loud and annoying and all that stuff and you're angry at it. Stress, yeah. so it's like a double, triple, like the more times you hit it, you're doubling, tripling, quadrupling your odds of a heart attack yeah, or anxiety attack. Yeah, you're making worse. Good Lord. Yeah, so it really truly is a kiss of death. All right, so. Number eight. Boom. Ruthless self-reflection and course correction. So what we have here is we need to be able to look back and say, all right, I'm gonna watch the movie of my week as I describe it. So I'm gonna look back and see what did, what did I do this week? What did I say I wanted to do? What did I actually do? And where were the discrepancies between the two? And how can I fix those? You're making cause and effect. So it's like, man, you know, Tuesday night, I watched the last episode of Game of Thrones. It kept me up till midnight. I wanted to get up at six. I hit the snooze button, didn't get up till seven. Now I was late. 
had to work late, had to skip date nights, this cascade, this domino effect. And so you need to look back and say, all right, listen, if I'm truly committed to all of these things that I say I'm going to do, then I'm going to have to remove the distractions and the temptations. This is where you identify the things that throw you off track. And I've always used this, like, here's an extreme example. You take somebody who's a recovering alcoholic who doesn't want to drink anymore, and six and a half days a week, they can be good. You know, say the serenity prayer and drink water and go to the meetings. But then you put them in a pub on a Friday night, everything goes out the window. Now, of course, they're not going to look back and, and be able to identify that. But anybody can look back and identify that. So it's the same with their own lives. Look back. Where'd you get off track? All right, man, I just can't watch Netflix on you know, school nights, quote unquote, because I say there's going to be one episode. And the next thing you know, it's four, night, four episodes. Or I can't drink on school nights. You know, it's, I say it's going to be one glass of wine. The next thing you know, it's four glasses of wine. If these are the things that are totally destroying your life, you've got to go to the extremes and get rid of them so that you can only do the right thing. So that ruthless self-reflection and course correction is really important. But don't be too hard on yourself. You know what's funny is talking about that. Earlier you talked about how like there's tens of thousands of people in Silicon Valley who are some of the world's most smartest coders, programmers, PhDs, who spent their waking hours trying to figure out how we can get more engaged with yeah, our right. phones. How can I right? get you hooked on my app? Yeah. Great. Well, as it turns out, I don't know if you have how much time you spend watching Netflix, Hulu, or, or Amazon shows, but we watch Survivor at home. Oh, okay. Like Andrew and Chloe are just enamored by Survivor. They love Jeff Probst, the host. We've watched every season, and we're going on our, our second turn through uh, the, every season now. The way Amazon and, and Netflix have set it up now, when a show is ending, as it's coming to its ending, a little box will pop up and say the next episode starts in three, two, one, and so. Normally, it used to be that it would end, the credits would run, and then there'd be commercials, right? Like when we were growing up. Yeah. Now, it's set up where, oh, well, the next episode's starting, and all of a sudden, Chloe and Andrew on a school night, mom, dad, can we watch another episode? How about just 10 minutes of it? How about 20 minutes of it? And I realized very quickly, these fucking things are set up. <laughs> Whether it's an app or, or Netflix, they're set up to suck you in and eat away your time. In this case, time away from my kid's sleep which is then gonna affect their school yeah. and their attitude, et cetera. So then we have to like crack the whip and be like, no, motherfuckers, go to sleep, right? But it's nuts that if you don't allow yourself to turn that thing off in three, two, one, the next Ooh. episode's about to start, and then there's another one after that, and before you know it, it's like four in the morning, I just binge watched a whole season, and you're trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. Yeah, especially when you got 20, 20 years of Survivor to yeah, go through. Yeah, yeah, really actually, now, here's the 39. 39. Well, there's really? 39 episodes. 39 seasons. Thir uh, the 39 seasons, Not sorry. 39 yeah, years. Not okay, yeah. and it's the same thing with the food. You know, so when we were kids, there was one size of everything. Yeah. Now, and my friend, uh, this this guy who was at the Empire Summit, Frank, Frank Den... Uh, Big Frank. Yeah, Big Frank Den Blanken from the Netherlands. He always sends me pictures of, like, the biggest bag of M&Ms he can find, like a five-kilo bag of M&Ms, like... Okay, that's engineered, so you stick your hand in there and you're, you know, 5,000 calories later mm -hmm. compared to what we had back in the day, man. It's just, it's crazy. So you have to build the fence around yourself. Yeah. Keep those things out of your life. That really leads us into number nine, which is stop self-sabotage. Now, there's a bunch of ways you can self-sabotage. There's the physical way, which is crowding your local environment with junk 
and crowding your global environment with toxic people and toxic environments. But then there's also your mental environment, which you can really screw up by saying, oh, I can't do this, or I'm, I can never be late, or I can never be on time, I'm always late, I can never lose weight, I can never do this, I'm, I'm an introvert, I have anxiety, I, I can't speak in public, I can't do this, I'm not a le-. like, If you say it, you will become it. You will become it. Can I, can I share a little story to that point? Indeed. And, and, and this is going to highlight this so well, this stopping self-sabotage. You, know, you want to become disciplined, stop saying you can't do something. So on October 14th, so here we are, we're filming this. Today is what, September 23rd, 2019. On October 14th, Ray Care, our Navy SEAL friend, is going to be running this this team training thing at my house, oh, cool. where basically he runs people through all types of workouts that they do in the Navy SEAL program while teaching leadership, problem solving, communication, and teamwork, those four things. And so I've got a bunch of Fit Body Bootcamp owners who are going to be in town for the Fit Body Bootcamp Mastermind, so I invited them to my house to do that. There's also a local husband and wife out here in Chino Hills who own a small business. I've become friends with them, and I figured, you know what, they could use some of this teamwork and leadership skills and problem solving, et cetera. I said, hey guys, why don't you come to my house on the 14th and uh, learn this stuff, right? Now the wife, the other day she texts me uh, a week ago. She texts me, she goes, hey, my husband and I are, are in uh, Northern California and we're visiting a friend and we're getting a rental car and the rental car company was out of the mid-level cars that they wanted to rent us, that we wanted, so they upgraded us to a Tesla and I'm sad. This is a text I'm getting. They upgraded us to a Tesla and I'm sad. Well, that was a perfect hook, so I responded with, wait, they upgraded you to a Tesla and you're sad? Can you explain why? She goes, yeah, I realized that we'll never be able to afford this car. Like, we'd never be able to afford to buy this kind of car. And then she goes, but I hope that that Navy SEAL and the training that we do there can help me, can help me out, can help me overcome that. And I just called her and I just let her have it. And I let her have it with love. And I was like, listen, there is no one thing. There is no one Navy SEAL. There is no one training. There is no one knight on a, on a white horse that's going to gallop in to save the day. Like you're, you're going into this negative self-talk of literally they're gifted. They're upgraded for free, no additional charge. A Tesla, instead of saying, bam, this is the universe telling me that I belong in a car like this and that I can have a car like this. She went to the negative self-talk, to the sabotage talk of, I'll never be able to afford a car like this, and I hope that this outside thing that's gonna happen, this training with the SEAL, can help me get there. It's the training of the mind that's wow. gonna help her get there. So I just like let her have it and said, look, there is no one outside element that's gonna be more powerful than the inside self-talk that you have. And she's like, holy fuck, I get it. I go, it's not Navy SEAL, it's not God, it's not Jesus. There is no one thing that's going to come down. Unless it's one call from Bedros Koulian. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, so I'm hoping that landed on ears that actually paid attention. But man, self-sabotage, that negative self-talk. Something good happens to you, don't go, I could never do this. Like, if you go visit someone's house and it's a mansion, yeah. look at it as, this is a sign from above that I belong in a mansion, not... Man, thank God they invited me because I'd never see the inside of a mansion. You know, it's funny. I'm just going a little side thing here is that I recently was telling all my clients, if you want to understand how to sell higher ticket stuff and you have to go and experience seven figure lifestyle stuff. So, uh, you know, one person who was at the Empire at the Empire Summit, they read that right that weekend. and They were like, OK, great. We were we were going to rent a car and drive up, you know, the PCH to somewhere. 
we actually went and rented a Tesla. So it's the totally opposite mindset. They were like, oh, well, we should go and do this because if we can experience this, then we get used to it. We understand what it's like to experience great things. First of all, it'll help us get used to it. But second of all, it'll also help us understand, oh, this is what somebody who's affluent expects in you know, yes. an arrangement. And so we have to up our game and our selling and our marketing, our delivery, so that we know what it's like. Like, if you're trying to run a hotel to affluent people and you've never stayed at a Ritz-Carlton, there are four seasons, you're never going to succeed. Nope. you got to go and have those seven-figure experiences, whether it's going to a restaurant or whether it's buying a really great thing or something. Like, yesterday I bought... Uh, a new iPad. Like I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to use an iPad. Did you uh, ever have an iPad ever? I I had one a long, long time ago, and you know, I was like, I was like, ah, you know, the twelve point nine. I don't know why we need a screen this big, and you know, the eleven looks fine. And I was like, ah, it's, I I'm gonna regret it if I don't buy the twelve point nine. So you know, I bought it, and I don't know when if or I'll, ever, I'll ever learn how to use it. But I bought one because you know, I just. Wanted to go through that experience, go into the Apple store, see what, you know how they were running yeah. all this stuff, and, and it was worthwhile. So, anyways, last thing there, change your identity. You know, like I used to be a cheap guy. Now I'm, you know, I'm not the cheap guy anymore. I'm not going to be the cheap guy. And it's the same. Like I got a whole little phrase here: no more snoozing, scrolling, porn, pot, drinking, doping, cursing, cheating, etc. Never let those floodgates open. Never let those into your life. And the other thing is, if if something goes off and you do lose your discipline. We all gonna lose our yeah. discipline. You know, you need chocolate cake for breakfast one day. Just relax. Don't hit the panic button. You need to have something that you put in your Instagram the other day, which bounce is back ability. Bounce back just ability. Bounce back. Baby. Don't beat yourself up. Just bounce back, baby. Yeah. Sassy. You know? <laughs> bounce back sassy. ability. And and so that's anti-fragile. Be anti-fragile. So when you get stressed, you know, when stress is applied to things, a lot of things break. But some things become stronger under stress, like your bones. So you need to be like your bones, become anti-fragile so you don't break down. If you do screw up, if you get drunk, you say, oh, man, I'm never going to get drunk again. You get drunk. Okay, you know what? Every single minute you move to becoming sober again. And then from there, you figure out, okay, what got me drunk? You know, self, self-reflection, course correction. What got me drunk? Well, it's these people that I was spending my time with influenced me. It's still my decision. I'm to blame. But I need to spend time with these people in non-drinking environments. You don't have to cut people out unless they're really, really negative. But just change the environment. Change the situation. And through that self-reflection, you get better at everything. You become Boom. that disciplined machine. And the next thing you know, people are going to go, wow, how do you do it? And so really, to sum up here, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you spend time with people that are really disciplined, really successful, it's going to be systematic, automatic that you're going to be disciplined to. You're the product of your environment. If you spend time in bad places, doing bad things. You create bad habits. I guess what's going to happen to you. And you're the product of your self-talk and your self-belief. So that's, that's why you need to make those changes. And anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And really, that's why you need to be at the Perfect Life Retreat. Yes. And the Perfect Life Retreat happens in San Diego on November. 8th and 9th. 
Eighth and ninth. So yep. Bedros is going to be speaking. Jason Capital, again, a young guy, very self-disciplined, amazing guy, amazing product of our environments. He spent a lot yep. of time with us Years. when he's growing up and, and seeing what it's like to be a high-performing entrepreneur. We're going to have Sharon Srivatsa, very, very disciplined entrepreneur, you know, the king of the real estate world, king of scale, as you called him. King of scale. And, and then we have this woman, Carrie Shul, who is a real estate agent in Washington, D.C., has a team of 80 agents and is also a mom of very, a couple of young kids. She's going to show how she does it all through her self-discipline. So, yes, perfectliferetreat.com. We'll see you down in San Diego. It's not going to take much self-discipline to get you there, right? That's it. All right, guys and gals, if you like this episode, we want you to give it a five-star review, leave a comment, and, of course, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram profile, whether it's in your stories or the main timeline. We would greatly appreciate it. We'll see you later.